Well, unexpectedly, I turned to, to Acts 17 to, uh, to share two verses. Uh, uh, initially, you see them printed there, verse 30 and 31. This will be uh, the subjects we are uh, talking about today. And I gave a title, Wisdom and the Future. Wisdom and the Future. Why we do what we do, why we worship God, uh, and, and, and so forth. And so, in the reading we have here today, we have... Uh, Apostle Paul himself is speaking at Athens. Yeah, he, was, he was in trouble in Berea. And then uh, at Athens, he was also facing some critics as he was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and, and he was speaking to people who were very intelligent, like you this morning. Very intelligent people, philosophers, highly educated people who disregard uh, the God of heaven and the earth. And they, they made their philosophy, they made their own God. And so when Paul came preaching uh, uh, the good news of the gospel, so they, they say to themselves, this man is a bubbler. Uh, uh, this man, uh, uh, he is preaching foreign gods. And today, I think that is, that is the attitude of many people in our midst today. So they see us as Christians, as people who, uh, who, uh, who are strange. Uh, they, 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 they follow something that we, we, we can't understand themselves. This is what they say. And then uh, for, for them to avoid the God of heaven and the earth and Jesus Christ, so they, uh, they made for themselves gods that they can control themselves. You see, so just imagine you have a God that you can control yourself and then you are in limbo. Your future really is in trouble because you are controlling this God, but who is controlling your life? And you know you are weak and you are needy all the time. Spiritually, physically, and mentally. In every aspect, you are a needy human being. You are so limited. Our days are numbered. You see, we can be defeated by a small thing. We've got troubles in our hearts, our minds, and everything. We are always subjected to trouble and, and decay, despair. How many suicides, people committing suicide? How many people who are despairing in our day-to-day so, Apostle Paul, when he came to this city, while Paul was waiting for his friend, Silas and Timothy, he left because he was being smuggled. He was, he, was, he was going through troubles. So, as he was waiting uh, for his friends uh, in Athens, he was greatly distressed by, uh, to see that the city was full of idols. You see, the city was full of idols. Is our city today full of idols? Things that you hold closer to your heart more than Jesus Christ himself. So it's an idol. So when I was beginning to work as a Christian, so I was taught that anything that I love more than Jesus Christ is to me an idol. It's an idol. So how many idols we have made for ourselves? Even we try to, to bring back again. Because uh, as soon as you become a Christian, by God's grace, he has deposed all the, all the idols. And then suddenly we can go again, go back and make for ourselves an idol. And, our, and it's disastrous for us. We cannot experience uh, the freedom of the children of God. We cannot know the mind of Christ. We cannot be free from the entanglements of sin and the things that are in, in the world. So Paul, as an apostle, he was distressed. Seeing that, how many times you've been distressed as you see people who do not have Jesus? How many times when you felt the anguish? Because you know that they are missing something so great, wonderful. They, they, they are missing peace with God. 
and the Holy Spirit and the love of God there and the comfort of the Holy Spirit and the comfort of the promises of God. You know this. Apostle Paul was distressed. Not only that, also his zeal for the glory of God, the creator. And this is what he is going to, to pick up from verse 24. This is what he's going to pick up. Because these people, he, we see the background. Let me just spend like two, three minutes sharing why he was so distressed. So he reasons in the synagogues with the Jews and the God-fearing Greeks, those who attached themselves uh, to the God of Israel. And they were uh, uh, believers in God of heavens and the earth. And yet they were rejecting Christ. As well as the marketplace day by day with those who happened to be there. And they were philosophers. Among them, a group of Epicureans who had a very weird idea of how this world has come to, to existence. Auto, atoms, they talk in terms of energies. The world is energy. That is, and, and has no creator. You see, just like that. It's like Big Bang, Big Bang, isn't it? Big Bang theory of the creation. Well, you need something to go bang, isn't it? So, but they say they believe in the Big Bang. So it's not consistent even with the logic. And the Stoics, we were saying like the body is bad, the spirit is good, but it's not uh, real attributed to God. So those were the weird ideas. Even in our day-to-day, what are the fresh thoughts that people are just covering themselves with? Precious stone to, for, to protect me, you see, from New Zealand or anywhere else. Uh, having more money, then you will be secured. Having a, a, a maybe private uh, insurance, and every single sickness will be treated. <clears throat> These things have become an idol to us. And so this is what really making our own world and our worldview. You see, <clears throat> if I have money, I will be happy. If I have a mansion of 40 millions, some people have mansions with 40 millions, one person living in like 20 rooms, you see. So that is their world. So Apostle Paul, when he saw this, he was so distressed. And then uh, uh, when he, 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 he reasoned with them, they said, this be- Paul was preaching a good news about Jesus and, and the resurrection, and yet they said he's a bubbler, and he was uh, preaching uh, uh, foreign gods. And this place uh, was called Areopagus. It's where they were meeting. It's called uh, Hills, uh, Mar Hills. And so mainly they were settling disputes, and, and it was a court place, and yet with no legal uh, really um, uh, uh, demands. Uh, so they can settle things and, and, and just argue philosophically. And so when Paul saw this thing, that the world was moving away from God, uh, people who were not loving God, and, and, and so he stood in the meeting of the Areopagus. There were these philosophers, and there were those who were opposing the gospel of Jesus Christ, and now he stood up and then he declared this. He said to them, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and the earth. Because he walked around and he saw that. Uh, He looked carefully uh, and and he observed the the objects of worship. Even found an altar with this inscription to an unknown God. How many unknown gods we worship today in this world? Unknown gods. And Paul took this opportunity and said, well, look, I want to bring to you the one that you do not know. Jesus Christ that you do not know. That you call unknown God. Even these people, in God's providence, they have 
they just want to cover all religion, isn't it? It's like pantheism. You have a lot of religion, maybe one religion will help you. Pantheisms, many gods. And so they just have this place called unknown God. And Paul took that opportunity uh, to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. And then he began, he began with the God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temple built by hands. You cannot reduce God in his power. He has created the whole universe. So the first thing is he's a creator God. So our God is a creator and of everything. Even the technology, when I was preparing, I was thinking of the technology, the computers. God has created them. Money, papers, everything, everything we touched. Every material has been created by God. And you say, well, how can he, he make iPhone and iPad and things like that? Well, we are manipulating materials. We are using all that he has given us. So everything created is created by God. Because this is the gospel. So if God didn't create everything, including you, why he will demand all men on earth to repent? In verse 30 and 31. Why would God make these demands? You cannot just move to someone's house and live there without paying a rent, isn't it? It won't happen, isn't it? You will be dragged to court and then you will spend your time in jail if you have lived there for one year and not paying anything. Well, Paul is using this logic. He's saying, look, you cannot be free from the judgment of God if you want to reduce him to a God who can be manipulated by you. You cannot be saved. The judgment is coming. The judgment is coming. The judgment of God is coming upon those who reject him. And the Bible says that he has set a time and a date. So no one is going to avoid this. Even Paul himself, he says, he said this, that all will stand before the judgment seat of Christ on the judgment day. And so we are not free to do what we want to do. To abuse our bodies or to, to destroy this life by drinking alcohols and free sex. And then you are hurt and you spend the rest of your life regretting it's only those who come to Christ they can be healed. They can go through the process of healing. And he is mighty, he is able by his grace and his Holy Spirit and his word to, to transform. To transform a broken life and put it together. And made it a praise to God of heaven and the earth. That is the salvation that is found only in Christ. And Apostle Paul beginning with God. Because it's all begun with God. The God of heaven and the earth. He has made everything he has made everything. Because if you lose sight of this truth, you open up yourself to disaster. Just even a slight thinking. So he's a creator God. He established this truth and cannot be reduced and will be absurd to see this God who has made this beautiful world and all that in it would be reduced to live in a temple. Even the church. Some people say like. Oh it's a sacred place. It's, it's a holy place. Yeah it's a holy place. Because the holy one is in it. If the holy one is not in it. How many churches have been transformed into. Pups and. And, 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 and dancing. And dancing theaters. Alcohol and even. 
I just don't want to exaggerate because I don't have evidence. Even maybe some places been transformed into brothels. So is a holy place as long as his people are holy. Because any place where Christ is, is a holy ground. This is what God says. Where his name is honored. But the whole universe belongs to him. And actually the Bible says in Romans 8 that the whole world is subjected to decay. But it will be delivered. God himself is coming to renew everything, even the nature itself will burst into praises. That is why we read in Psalm 96, isn't it? Even the trees will sing for joy. Why? How can they don't speak, isn't it? They flourish. They declare the glory of God. That is the language. It's poetic language, isn't it? Describing the beauty that is there. So, Apostle Paul uh, established this first, first truth to drive them, to, see, to tell them why they need to repent. Why they need to repent. If I say to you, repent. You say, oh, I haven't done anything wrong. <laughs> While I was reading this uh, theologian, Metal uh, Miskin, uh, he was uh, a Coptic monk who was living in desert. He was highly educated in languages and he was a, a pharmacist. Do we have pharmacists here? <laughs> yeah, he was really a great man of God. He was living in desert and uh, writing. And then even his church started to say, this man who writes like the evangelicals who declare that salvation is not by just observing things, Holy Communion, or doing the right thing. Salvation comes only by repentance and believing in the name of Jesus Christ. So this man was writing about this. And he talked about repentance. And even as we as Christians, when we repent, we experience joy unspeakable. Because the way to salvation is begins as we repent, as we turn away from our ideas that God is not the creator. When we make our own gods. So this is what we need to repent of. And just imagine, repenting of this, that is the door to blessings. Can we all, who are sitting here today, with all of our hearts, with confidence, say that my God is a creator God. He has made everything I touch, I see. And my future is in his hand. He has prepared a place, a beautiful heaven, isn't it? That he has made, he prepared for those who believe in this. And Apostle Paul is just preaching this. The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven. He is the master. He is the one to be feared. He is the one to, be, to believe and to, to, to trust. Well, I tell you, Long time ago, I stopped going to parties. Long, 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 long time ago. And the reason was like, I, I would go as a young person, uh, for those who were in Khartoum, you dance, you dance, and sometimes to a music that you don't understand. You see, and you dance, and you come home in the morning tired, and you sleep, and then another weekend you go and dance. So and then I said to myself, what am I doing? What is the thing that is really helping my life and my intellect and my heart? You see, nothing. And so I decided to stop. <laughs> you see, rather out of despair in search for something great. And so maybe you've been doing this. You're trying to fill the void in your heart by doing activities. Every weekend you just want to go to, because everybody goes to the city. And you want to do 
anything that everybody is doing. Well, as a young person today, I challenge you that if you begin to put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, and then your life will be transformed, and you will not be going where people are going. People will go where you are going. And where you are going may be overnight prayer, Bible study, Christian girls and boys. You are meeting to praise the name of the Lord and singing together songs of praises, going for mission, beach mission, telling other young people who are intoxicating themselves all the time. So Apostle Paul says, this God, he is the Lord, and he is a good Lord. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. So he's reversing their order because they will just bring him water. They feed their gods, you see, with their hands. The one who made hands. So now they want to feed him with their hands. Even we as Christians today, not any single things that we do can really by us God's favor. No activity that we do that will make God, may twist God's arm and try to be good to us. Apart from the faith in him. We used to sing this song, um, crying will not save me, prayer will not save me, a lot of things. I have four verses. Lul Changabikan, those who speak Nuer. And then what saves you? Faith in the Son of God who gave his life for me on the cross of Calvary. That is what will save me. And as you put your trust in him, the power of the Holy Spirit will come and make it true to you. Jesus is beautiful. He's the Son of God. He's the Anointed One. He's a Savior. He's the Savior of the world. He's your Savior if you trust him. So, this God who has created cannot be limited to be moved around or to be served by human hands. This is what Paul is saying. And this, and this argument is relevant to our day to day. Even more than those days. Just because we have become sophisticated, isn't it? Even our wished are in jackets and neckties. They are not just like weird in Africa, wearing... Uh, uh, skins of goats and, and <laughs> lions and tigers. Well, they wear nice clothes, jewelries. If you are a spirit filled, if you come closer to these people, you will feel that spirit, that power. I met two ladies in a shopping center, maybe calls. A lot of silver jewelries everywhere. Elderly people in their 60s. And as they were walking, there was like a sounds of demons just around them. And I said, and then as I approached, and then I was just passing by, I said, oh, hello, oh, can I hug you? I said, no. You need to discern. So, this God cannot be served by human hands as if he needed anything. We are the people who need something. He needs nothing. That is what the Bible says. He said, like, he, if he needs something, he would just, like, take it for himself. Jesus Christ, if he needed a mansion, he would have bought a mansion for himself. Like, like not buying. He just, like, take it. You see? <laughs> you see? If there is a need for him to create a village, he will create it. He's a creator. 
And now he's saying, even the origin of humankind is from God. Just imagine. That is what verse 26 says. From one man, he made every nation of men. Every nation. How many nations are represented here today? Do you believe that we all have come from one origin? Adam's. And if you don't believe that, and then you don't believe in verse 24. The God who made the world and everything in it. And everything, that means every single thing that you see today. And every single human being you see today. While Apostle Paul establishing this background to the gospel. Why we need repentance. God, in his wisdom, he has fashioned the world. That is what he's saying. From one man he made every nation of men. That they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. You see, the times are in his hands. The places are his. That is what Paul is saying. People will want to push it into something different. But he is saying that even you, you have no ownership over anything. Even yourself, you have been made by God. You have been created, beautifully made. To love God and to, and to fear him and to, and to worship him. Because he has determined these things. You have determined nothing. And that is why people would try very hard sometimes to go to live in certain places. Isn't it? But God, if he, if he didn't open the door for you to go there, you, you may not go. So God himself, he has determined these things. He is a creator God. He cannot be limited and also cannot be served by human hands. He doesn't need anything. He is the one who is serving us. I've been doing deep reflections in the last few months. Actually, how do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as someone who is serving God or someone who is being served by God? I think we need to change our minds. We are not serving God. God is the one who is serving us. And what we are doing is expression of our love for him. All that we do is a worship, isn't it? In, in, in coming together like this, we are reinforcing his, his, his blessings. We are saying that we are the people you have served and you have blessed. And we come to appear, appear before you to glorify your great name. You see, so that we are, we are marked out. The church was meant to be called out in the Old Testament, a call out and called together, isn't it? And so we coming here, we are declaring that we are people who have been set apart. We have been brought together to honor God by praising him, by bringing offerings so that we do mission, offerings so that we... Uh, we, 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 we serve one another. And the Bible says, God did this so that man would seek him. Croup, actually even seeking him. The word is used here as a, of a blind person. A blind person who would just cry for mercy to see God. Even as we seek him, that is the word says, God has done all these things. He has created us beautifully. He has given us everything and, and the whole world. 
And he has served us. And he is serving us so that we might seek him fully. That is what I'm saying. So seek him, we might grow up and we might just like from as a blind person asking, begging for his mercy. And the Bible says that he is not far even today. If you turn to him, you will find him. And then now he says, therefore, therefore, since we are God's offspring, since we have been made by God, since we have been really designed by God, we should not think that the divine being is like gold or silver or a stone, things that we can make ourselves image made by man designs and skills. And now, what is the thing that God is calling us? Having Paul having established this background to us, before us, what he's trying to do right now. Now he's saying, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance. The ignorance you saw that time, even to this day, God in the past, and when he says in the past, that was the time when Jesus came, before Jesus came. And he said, in the past, God overlooks, God forbearing. God's patience were to lead us to repentance. And now Paul is saying, in the past, God overlooked such ignorance. Because that was ignorance. The lack of knowledge of this truth. And now, in the past, God overlooked that. Not because he was indifferent about judging. No, 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 no. God, in his wisdom, he waited this time. Because the future is in his hand. And now, this is what Paul said, but now he commands all people everywhere to repent. Now. Now all human beings have no any excuse to fall flat on their faces and to acknowledge Jesus Christ and to come back to their creator. Now. The whole world outside that is not okay for you, for you not to believe in Jesus. Because by the by the reason of fault, you are a sinner. And also by your choice. So, because people blame God. If he has determined everything, maybe I've been determined not to believe. That is what a lot of Muslims believe. To believe or not to believe. Some people are blaming God because he, he is the one who also gives faith. Well, or if he didn't give me faith. This is a strong argument, isn't it? But the Bible says that God... In all these things, man is responsible. Because God has revealed his grace. He has created a beautiful world, as I mentioned earlier. The, the, the analogy of tenants. You can't live in somebody else's house without paying the rent. Or even paying your mortgage. And actually, pastors are called to be, to be prepared. Because we are going to face crisis. But now, now, if you have come to this house today this place, having not committed your heart to Jesus Christ, the Bible says now, now is the time. Now and onward, every time after Christ will be now until he returns. Now. So Apostle Paul is giving us three things. He said, God, now he commands all people, all people, all people, because he said all people have come from the same offspring, isn't it? All of them. Have you heard this argument that Christ is a God of, of white man? Have you heard this? A lot of African enemies preach this, that Christ is a white God. 
is a God for white people. Have you heard that? Also, even some Christians in some places, they call other people to be fanatic, isn't it? <laughs> Christian fanatics. Maybe more in certain the southern hemisphere, some part of northern hemisphere. Well, Apostle Paul is saying, all people, all people, all their backgrounds are called to repentance. Repentant to turn from their thinking that the, this world just exists by coincidence, that it has no ruler, that there is no one in charge. Well, Apostle Paul is saying, no, that was overlooked. God was just waiting, was patient. But now he calls all men, all people. And where? Everywhere. Every single part of the earth, God is calling all people to repent. And for that, he has set a day. And that day, when he will judge, the Bible says he will judge first the world with justice by the man. With justice, why? Because he, he waited. He has all the right to judge now, isn't it? I've given you chances. You've been living away from the Lord Jesus Christ. You have broken all laws. We have been just uh, living uh, immoral life. Maybe you move in to, to live with your boyfriend or your girlfriend. Maybe you, you, you are dodging your, 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 uh, your taxes. Maybe you are lying to your wife. You are cheating. Those people are doing all these sorts of things. And then the Bible says that all people are called to repent. Maybe you are envious. Maybe you have uh, hidden agendas. Uh, maybe you, you, you make your way and you manipulate things. Manipulate people. Uh, you, you use bad ways. To gain what you want. No, no, no. All these things. God will judge them with justice. Because he has waited so much. And he sent his son Jesus Christ to die. And that really. Enough reasons. Why God should come heavily. Upon those who are rejecting him. He will judge the world with justice. And this judgment will come through. One person also, you heard, salvation comes only, they found nowhere else, just only in Christ. So this man, he has appointed, is Jesus Christ himself. Jesus Christ is the evidence that God is coming to judge the world. And Paul went on to say, well, this is, Unavoidable because Jesus Christ rose from the dead, declaring that this is true, and now he has been vindicated, he has been given all the authority, and his resurrection is a sign that the judgment is coming. And who is not going to put their trust in him, they will be judged. They will go to hell. And they cannot be in heaven. You see a lot of Christian gatherings, so they say, oh, I'm going to heaven. If you ask him why, they wouldn't give you any reasons. That was a small booklet I used to use in evangelism back in 95, 96, 97, 98 to 99 in Cairo. I would have two copies. It was for literal, uh, literate people. I'll give them one and i take one. And the first question is, if Christ has to return today, will you go with him in his into his heavens? 
and then you will follow. Why he would allow you to do that is because God is the one who has made the heaven and the earth and he does not live in human in, 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 in buildings and in temples that being created by man. And he doesn't need anything, someone to buy him and to approve of him. It's someone who acknowledges that he has been made by God and who has put their trust in Christ. Is the only person who has believed in the resurrection of Christ, that he, he, he died for my sins on the cross and he'd been raised for my justification. So justified so that when the judgment comes, I will not be judged to death. That is what Apostle Paul is saying. He just established all this truth. And these truths today are reinforced in our lives so that we always live consistently, consistently, consistently with our repentance and we continue repenting because God has given a proof of this to all men, to all men, as the judgment will be to all people, to all men, everywhere. Also, this proof is given to everyone. And we know that Christ, according to the scriptures, been crucified and, and buried. And on the third day, he was raised from the dead. This is a proof that is here in the Bible. And also, if you want a further uh, testimony, uh, they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and the testimony of their words. Those who have come to love Christ through the history these are the people who believed in his resurrection. Is another proof that Christ is changing people and he can change you today if you put your trust in him. That is why wisdom and the future, your future is in God's hand. And if your future is in his hand, why would you want to wait for him to come and judge you when he has given you an opportunity to put your trust in his son Jesus Christ? Repent! For the day, today is the day of salvation. If you put trust in Christ Jesus to acknowledge your sins before him and say, I repent of my sins, of living independently of you and having my own thoughts of the world, how it came to existence, how I see all the things I do as to buy me God's favor. If you just get rid of these things, even how bad you were, actually, Jesus said he didn't come for the good people. He came for the bad people. What a good news. What a good news. What a good news is this. And I say always, the greatest Christian who will ever live, he might not have been saved yet. Because before Apostle Paul, there were Christians, and Apostle Paul was not converted. But when he was converted, the world was never been the same has never been the same, totally. And that is why he has, inspired by the Holy Spirit, giving us this truth, calling all men to repentance, because this truth has been revealed to him by the power of the Holy Spirit, that judgment is coming, unless you put your full trust in Christ, and not in you, and on, on how good you are. Even I myself, being a believer, being your pastor, I don't put my trust in myself, Every day I need his grace. I need his Holy Spirit. I need his truth. So you should do the same. If you have not come yet to Christ, this is your day. Put your trust in him. Not on the basis of anything that you will... You don't need to do anything. You come with your empty hands and your broken heart. And he will clothe you with righteousness. He will bless you. He will lavish. And actually, all, 
those who have been Christian for so long, they envy new Christian because new Christian, when they come into the kingdom, they become fresh. It's like a new clothing, a new shirt. You buy it from, it's so beautiful, isn't it? So soft and nice and so forth. You wear it a few months and then it's all, isn't it? All what? Why? Because washing, dirt, you see. It's just like that. You come fresh. You feel the freshness of having come to Christ. Then you start to live in this world. And then you start to face troubles also. It's not just like you come to faith and then there won't be trouble. Well, it's a trouble and you are in the right place, isn't it? So how many of us who are in trouble today and having not done anything wrong that you can recall in your mind, isn't it? But the truth is that if you trust in Christ, when the day of judgment comes, you will not be judged. And when you put your trust in Christ, when you are downed, you will be encouraged as you pray, as you hold fast to his, his scriptures, his teaching. Blessed are the poor in his spirit, those who do not just exalt themselves or, or fight for their ways. I've seen this. You know, the Holy Spirit is the power of God. If he lives in you, he will disclose to you all the secrets around you. And you are to humble yourself how to deal with all this information that you are getting through the Holy Spirit. Not to go bashing people because they are bad. Now, the Holy Spirit will reveal things to us, secrets of God. Repent. Repent. They say, repent. The police, the army, they go. Repent. I think I was going to go to the army, and I think because I was not good at CC, I couldn't go to the army. <laughs> I was going to go to the army when I finished high school. They rejected me. Not because, I don't know why, they, 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 they just want people who have people to help them out. And I, with my friend Wang, Wang, actually, we were going to go to the, the, high, the, the academy to train four, year, four years as officers. And so when we were getting our photos, I had a rough look <laughs> trying to impress them that to accept me. <laughs> repent. Repent. Put your trust in Christ Jesus. He loves you. He died on the cross. He bore all your sins. The thing that will cause you to be judged by God, he bore them. Why you just don't confess him to be your Lord and Savior? Are your refuge? When the judgment comes, only God will see the blood of Jesus and you will be free. I will be free because Christ bore all my sins and he rose from the dead. As Paul says, he'd been raised. God raised him from the dead. So that this is a proof that your salvation is secure. If you put your trust in him, Jesus died and rose for you. That is what Apostle Paul says. So that those who live will not live any longer for themselves, but to live for him who died and rose again. God is God of wisdom. If you have been living as a non-Christian for so long, the Bible says that, God was so patient. It's not that he's overlooking the fact that you are breaking his rules. But he said, now, even now, even as we sit here. We read this in Psalm 96. That was like hundreds of years before this time. Declaring that God will judge 
the whole world and he will judge it with justice. That is Psalm 96. I don't want to go there. You have heard it. The world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. So when things happen like this, there is no one to destroy this world. It's God only. Even if things are bad. He will judge the peoples with equity or with justice. That is Psalm 96 verse 10. See, that was a prophecy. Looking to the time when God will send his son. So wisdom and the future. God is wise. And your future is in his hand. Do you want a good future in his hand or you want a bad future? Let me pray.